opener, read 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 through 9, New Living Translation. Because after all, who is Apollos, who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts, and Apollos watered it. But it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we are both God's workers, and you are God's field, you are God's building. I'm going to preach the sixth sermon in this Privileges of the Kingdom series we've been doing, the privilege to share, the privilege to share. And as you can hear, our neighbors have something going today, and so uh, if at any time you feel the need to get up and dance, as long as it's in the spirit, you go ahead. <laughs> so, if you're just breaking it down to break it down, I don't know, but if it's in the spirit, by all means. So I, I talked about this. Kids, they have this, one of the first words they learn is mine. Mine, mine. You remember that? And so that's one of the first things they learn is even if it's not theirs, they could see it for the first time, but because they want it, it's mine. And so in, to combat that, what do we teach our kids to do? We teach them how to share. Teach them how to take turns, and if you have two cookies, you share one with somebody else. If you have one cookie, they're just out of luck. No, you break it, you break it in half. That would be the proper thing to teach them. Teach them how to share, and so sharing in that context is taking what we have and allowing other people to participate in it or to use it. But sharing has another connotation, and that is the sharing of news, giving out news. It is a pretty well-established truth that bad news travels faster than good news. That something good can happen, and you may not hear about it for months. Something bad happens, and everybody's on the phone. We, we usually call that gossip, right? It's one of those biblical things. It is the sharing of something that you should not share. So we'll teach about don't gossip, don't share this stuff, don't tell people that when it's not their concern, it's not their business. To, in fact, if you have something bad that, needs, that you feel like you need to share, you probably should share that with God and let Him take care of it and pray. But... Because of this sometimes impetus to share bad news, we don't always share good news as quickly. And, and in fact, we often are hesitant to share the best news of all, which is that Jesus Christ came and He lived a perfect sinless life and He died in my place and He died in your place and He was buried and He rose again on the third day so that we could have eternal life if we follow His death, burial, and resurrection, and obeying the gospel. Sharing in that context of sharing what He has done and sharing what God has done in our lives and what He has done and made available to all, we call that evangelism. It is sharing the gospel or the good news of Jesus. And I'm going to hurry because 
We added a little, a few extra things in the service today, but in our text, it's really not, if I could say it this way, the, the focus of the text is not necessarily evangelism, although evangelism is throughout the text. If you know anything about the church at Corinth, you know that they had a lot of problems. Paul would go on his first missionary journey and In Acts chapter 13, he receives the call to be a missionary to the Gentiles, and he would travel around, and he would start churches. He would spend time there, and he would make disciples, and those disciples would would be uh, gathered together and would become a local church, and then he would go to the next place, the next town, and he would do it all over again. And and then after going around and making this circle and, and planting churches, he would come back and visit them again and see how they were doing and see what God was doing and what's going on. And Many times the epistles were letters written because Paul would hear that things weren't going so well there and they needed to have some errors corrected or they needed some instruction or they needed some encouragement on how God wanted them to live or what God had done or they had heard of a false doctrine and he was going to write and correct that false doctrine. So, 1 Corinthians, it's full of church problems. It's full of things that they were doing and believing and practicing that were not true and were not good. And one of those things that he addresses is this idea that the people in the church in Corinth would try to one-up one another by saying who they were a disciple of. That well, this is the person who told me the gospel and shared the gospel with me, so I'm, I'm of this person. Somebody else, oh yeah, well, I'm, I'm of Paul. I was here on Paul's first missionary journey. He told me the gospel. Others, I'm of Apollos, and it created division in the church and co- conflict in the church. And so he writes this piece of scripture really to combat that contention in the church and to try to help them understand that it's not who it was that shared, but it's that it was shared and that you responded to the gospel and ultimately you were of Jesus. That's what the goal is, but as I was trying to decide where I wanted to go with this message, this text came to mind and I did some research. And so I'm going to share with you, and if you have the church app, you can follow along and see my five points. We'll do it quickly. Five truths, really, about evangelism. The first truth is this, is that evangelism is done through individuals. That it is the responsibility for each of us to share the gospel. Each of us is called to share the gospel individually. Paul would say this in verse 5, After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We're only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. But He closes verse 5 with this, each of us did the work the Lord gave us. Each of us has a responsibility. Each of us has a calling to share the gospel. It is true and unquestioned that every believer has a unique calling on their life, that there are certain things that you may be called to do that I'm not called to do, and there are things that I may be called to do that you're not called to do. That it's unique in, in the location. Not everybody was called to Olathe to plant a church. 
Pastor Tim Gaddy at Cabot, Arkansas. I mentioned him earlier. He wasn't called to Olathe. He was called to Cabot, Arkansas. And a great church in Cabot. His calling different from mine. What His location different from mine. His, his ministry different from mine. You may not be called to plant a church. You, you may have other things. And we talked about that last week when we talked about the privilege to serve and that God has called us to be ministers in the body of Christ and to help people, to serve people, to be His hands and feet. And All of us have unique callings. But every believer has common callings. And one of those common callings is that evangelism is a work that God has given to all of us. That every person has this, if I could say it this way, not only calling, but is a command to evangelize and to share the gospel. But I chose in this series, as you can see it on the screen behind me, this privilege of the kingdom that it's not only a command, but we are privileged. Paul would write elsewhere that we are ambassadors for Christ. I get to speak for Jesus. I get to speak on his behalf. That's a privilege. He, he has trusted me with the gospel, and I get to share that with other people. It's not only a command and a calling, but it's a privilege to share the gospel. But each individual is called to do that. Each person is called. And so evangelism is done through individuals. But evangelism is not just individualistic. While each of you, look at your neighbor and say, you're called to evangelize. Now look back at them or look at the neighbor on the other side and say, we are called to evangelize. Evangelism is done corporately. Why do I say that? Paul would say in verse 6, I planted the seed in your hearts. I'm the one. I came and I preached the gospel to you who were at Corinth and Apollos he came behind and he watered this seed. It is a combination of just not just me, but I may share the gospel and you may come and share it again. You're watering that seed that was planted. Or you may have shared the seed with somebody and say, hey, pastor, I've been talking to somebody. And I, would you do a Bible study with them? And then I'm coming behind and watering the seed that you planted when you told them the gospel. And you told them they could have a relationship with Jesus. It's a corporate thing. It's not just an individual thing. You see, it often takes more than one person to see somebody come to a saving relationship with Jesus. In this text, and Paul referring to this, if you are familiar with Acts chapter 18 and Acts chapter 19, Paul has gone to Corinth and he has shared the gospel in Corinth. He leaves Corinth after establishing a church he leaves Aquila and Priscilla in Corinth. Paul goes to Ephesus, Acts 19, and you've heard me talk about that, the disciples of John the Baptist in Acts chapter 19. Those disciples of John the Baptist, they know about John the Baptist because Apollos has told them. And while Paul leaves Corinth and goes to Ephesus, Apollos leaves Ephesus and goes to Corinth. And when he gets to, when Apollos gets to Corinth, there's already Christians there. Once again, Aquila and Priscilla are still there. They find each other and they explain the way more perfectly. And Apollos, who is powerful in the Scripture, and he is powerful in his preaching, he then begins to preach the way more perfectly. 
to those who are in Corinth. So Paul says, I, I planted the seed. I was the one that was there first. But Apollos, he came and he watered that seed. And maybe for some, they didn't hear the gospel when Paul was there. They heard it when Apollos was there. But it was both of them working in concert to see the church grow. Seldom is evangelism and the new birth influenced by one person. I'm going to come back to that in just a moment. The third truth that you need to know about evangelism is this. It is effective because of God. It is God who makes it all work. Paul would say, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God makes it grow. He's the one who made it grow. And ultimately, in verse 7, he would say, it's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. What is the seed? It's the Word of God. It's God's Word. So we plant that which belongs to Him, and we speak it out into people's lives, and it takes root. You hear me say this when, when I teach and do other things, Lord, we want Your Word to take root in our hearts and lives. Why? It's the seed of the Word of God. I don't want it to fall on, on stony ground. I don't want it to fall on thorny ground. I don't want it to fall by the wayside, but I want it to take root in your heart and your life and spring up so you'll be 30, 60, 100-fold what God wants you to do. Not only is the seed God's word, but the result is God's work. God makes it grow. It's not a dormant seed. It's not a dead seed. It's a living word. Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is quick or living and powerful. And so when we plant the word of God in somebody's life by sharing it, God then makes it grow. I think I talked about this Thursday night. It takes faith to make the seed the Word of God go. It takes faith to, for people to believe the Word of God. But where does faith come from? It's God's work as well. He gives to every man the measure of faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It's God's Word. and what He just gives us some. And then when we hear the Word of God, it, it brings about, it grows faith in our life. And so the Word is growing because of what God does. Fourthly, evangelism is intentional and synergistic. Look at your neighbor and say, synergistic. (laughs) That's a real word. I didn't make it up. 1 Corinthians 3.8, the one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose. Same purpose, which is to see people become fully devoted, developing and deployed followers of Jesus. To see people come into a relationship with Jesus. Purpose implies that it's an intentional process. This is why I'm here. Paul doesn't come to Corinth. He's not on vacation. He's not coming just to see with the sights. He's not coming to see what's going on in the rest of the Roman Empire. But he's coming with a purpose to preach the gospel. To share the gospel, intentional evangelism, but it's not just what he does. He said, Paul says, me and Apollos, we're working together. It's synergy. I'm doing a piece and he's doing a piece. And because of that, it becomes effective through God's work and and the process. That's why the Old Testament, this is synergy at work. One can put a thousand to flight and two can put ten thousand to flight. That's synergy. 
that two can accomplish more than the sum of two individuals when they work together. That when we work together intentionally to to share and to spread the gospel, it creates a bigger effect. One of our values here at Cross Church is intentional evangelism. Not just if I get around to it, but purposeful, intentional evangelism. That's why I'm here. It's what I'm about. It's what God has called me to do. So that's what we do is we evangelize. We evangelize the lost. Imagine trying to share the gospel with someone right after someone was a bad witness. I don't know how many of you think about that kind of thing. When I, when I was a teenager growing up in church, I, I grew up in this all my life. Didn't always live it, always knew it, always believed it, didn't always live it. And so at times when I wasn't living like I should, and wasn't doing things that I should, it's the craziest thing. God would bring up opportunities for me to share the gospel. I don't know if y'all saw that. I, in the pulpit, I almost took a ride right there. Anybody, anybody ever been there growing up? And, and you're like, yeah, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to. And then somebody just asks you about Jesus. They don't ask you about Jesus when you're living right. <laughs> and so what do we do? Is like, I don't know. I can't tell them. About, I, I can't. The opportunities here, but they just saw me do that. They saw me act like that. They saw me say that. And then we don't share the gospel. Like, so imagine you're trying to share the gospel and your buddy that you're with is acting like a fool. And you're like, hey, we go to church together. I don't want anything to do with that church. That's where he goes or that's where she goes. But when we're all living and working together and doing what we're supposed to do, it creates this synergy of one can plant and one can water and God gives the increase. And, and, and I've seen this. You've seen this. You may not have recognized what you've seen. But many of you who are in this room, me or someone else would share the gospel. And you would come to church and you would hear the gospel shared again. And you would respond to the presence of God that's in the room. You would lift your hands or tears coming down your face and decide to get baptized in the name of Jesus or you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What is that? It's all of us working together. I don't create the atmosphere. If you come in this room and I'm singing by myself, you can be like, man, I'm I'm walking back out. I don't need anybody to agree with me back there. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. We're like, no, pastor, we would love to hear you say. <laughs> but what happens when we, his presence fills the temple when we worship. So you felt the presence of God today. It wasn't just because I'm singing. It's because we're singing and we are worshiping and the presence of God comes in the room. And so whether I shared the gospel or you did, when people get here, the 
praise goes forth, the presence of God fills the room. That's, that's this synergy of working together. That I don't pray with everybody that gets the Holy Ghost. I don't pray with everybody who needs healing. I don't pray with everybody. Other people can pray and other people can come alongside. And it's sometimes it's your neighbor's praise that led you to respond and praise God as well while we're working together to see people saved and see people brought into the body of Christ. And lastly, not only is evangelism done through individuals, not only is it done corporately, not only is it effective because of God's work, not only is it intentional and synergistic, but it is also rewarded by God. The end of verse 8, Paul would write it this way. Both will be rewarded for their own hard work. Verse 9, he would start, we are both God's workers. Evangelism is hard work. Look at your neighbor and say, evangelism is hard work. I don't know that it should be hard work, but often it's hard work. Because our our human condition is to take the path of least resistance, right? I mean, who wants to do work when you can chill out? How many of you would rather chill out and get paid than work and get paid? If I could sit here in the Lazy Boy and eat Twinkies and make good money, man, you know, Somebody's like, that's my perfect job. (laughs) Unfortunately, they don't pay you to do that. Lazy Boy won't pay you. Hostess or whoever makes Twinkies, they're not paying you either. But evangelism can be hard work because it's intentional. You can't just flow through life. What are you doing today? I'm just going to go hang out and do whatever. That's not intentional evangelism. That's hoping somebody comes up and says, please share the gospel with me. But when you're intentional, you're looking for opportunities. So, my friend Terry here, he's a, got a business, he's a member of the Olathe Chamber of Commerce, I'm a member of the chamber, and Terry and I were at, I don't know if I've told this story or not, and I don't think he would mind me sharing it, but we were at, at a uh, social event together for the chamber, and, and I, in fact, we just talked about this story uh, within the last couple of weeks, and Terry, in, in our conversation, I think it was just the two of us at the moment standing there, and he mentioned something about, and this, this thing's getting ready to wrap up, talking about the world. And right after he said that, somebody else came up, and other people came up, and 30 minutes, 30 minutes, I'm like, how can I get back to that conversation? 30 minutes later, I had an opportunity. I said, hey, Terry, you, you know when you mentioned this earlier? I was like, I got this Bible study. 14-lesson video study on the end times. Would you be interested? And I'd love that. I could have walked off when we got interrupted. I could have been like, yeah, well, you know. But for 30 minutes, and I'm talking to people, but what's on my mind? Front and center. It's like, how do I get back to that conversation and say, 
hey, Terry, would you like to do this Bible study? I didn't even want to stay there that long. I was planning on, it was a Thursday afternoon. I was planning on being here doing setup for Thursday night. This is not, and I'm not telling you this to say, pat me on the back, Pastor, you're so awesome. But it can be hard work when you're intentional. It can be hard work because I'd rather be doing this or I'd rather be doing something else. But I think Terry loves God, and I think Terry needs to hear more of truth. And so for 14 weeks, we met and we watched this Bible study, and we got to the end and said, hey, Terry, I got these other four lessons I would like to show you. And we get done with those four lessons on salvation, and Terry's like, I guess I need to get baptized in the name of Jesus. I got stuff I could do on Thursday. I got places I can be. I got Twinkies I could eat. But I have a calling, and I have a commitment. I'm here to spread the gospel. I'm here to make disciples and see people make it to heaven that wouldn't be going otherwise if somebody didn't come and share the gospel. It can be hard work, and it can be time-consuming, and it can be awkward, and you can feel rejected when you bring up Jesus, and they're like, you believe this stuff. But God always rewards hard work in His kingdom. As Anna comes... We are, I mentioned this, it was already in my notes, I mentioned this in Sunday school, we are created unto good works. When God saves us, it's not like, oh, we're saved, now it's just vacation the rest of our life. No, we have stuff that we got to do. We have people we have to reach, and we have responsibilities, and we have, we have a responsibility and a calling to grow, and we have a, con- a responsibility to be ministers and servants in the church and to serve the world, and we have a responsibility to share the gospel with others. But I would tell you why God, while He does reward hard work, it's not just any hard work, but it's His hard work. It's doing His work. A lot of people work hard. And God's not rewarding them just because they labor really hard at something. But He rewards those who labor at His Evangelism called all of us. It is a calling, a command, but it's also a privilege. When Paul would say this, and he wasn't talking about his biological children, but have no greater joy to know my children walk in truth. Paul, who would call people like Timothy his son in the gospel. Paul, who would have people all over Asia Minor and all over the known world that he had shared the gospel with. He said, I have no greater joy than to know they're walking in truth. That's really the only reward I I need is when I get to heaven that I don't go by myself. That when I get to heaven, there's people hopefully hundreds and thousands of people that have been influenced by the gospel that I shared with them or maybe somebody else planted and I watered and God gave the increase. So I 
wrote this down and I do you can see it in my notes if you want it's not all of my notes aren't online just some, just the highlights but in my conclusion I have multiple things that I try to do restate the points and the main theme of what I was doing there's a call to action which I'm going to come to later there's this little line that says clincher or clinching element of persuasion and so as I was putting this together I wrote out this question it's a two word question next to the component of my conclusion that says clincher it's simply this but why why should I do it why is it needed why does it matter really pretty simple I, I could say that it's because God commands us to and I, and I already told you he does he calls us to but then you you've been around little kids and they're like why why does he tell us to do it the answer to that is, is this there is a hell There is a place of eternal torment and judgment that everyone who is not in relationship with Jesus, a biblical relationship with Jesus, is going to go to one day. There is a real hell. And unfortunately, and sadly, Jesus has already said, why gate and broad is the way that leads there and many there be who go in there the majority of people are going to a place of eternal judgment and torment hell has enlarged herself so why should I care and why should I bother sharing the gospel because there is a hell and people are going there And I believe that God can use me. And I believe that God can use you to keep people from going there. It's that simple. Not everybody's going to listen, but some will. Not everybody's going to respond, but some will. And everybody you share the gospel with that responds and obeys the gospel and you see them in heaven, then you can say with the Apostle Paul, I have no greater joy than to know they're walking in truth. No greater joy than to know that I didn't make it to heaven by myself, but I took somebody with me. I took a lot of somebody's with me. Would you stand together today? I said I was going to go short, and I went over the time I gave myself. But if your desire is to see people saved, it's whether it's your loved ones or friends or coworkers, you know people in your life that don't know Jesus. That they don't know Jesus like you know Jesus. And you want them to do that. I'm going to just ask you to come around this front for just a couple of minutes. and Say, God, would you help me 
to be bold and would you help me to share? Would you help me to take advantage of this privilege you have given me to share the gospel with others? Come, would you step out all across the room? Would you step out of the aisle, into the aisle or come forward and say, God, help me. Help me to share your word. Help me to share the gospel.